to the International House of Horrors. Valued guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast, your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, and the macabre. I am one of your curators, Joe Merle. And I'm the other one. I'm Josh. Hi. And Josh, you have, uh, man, you're you're coming through tonight. It's like midnight your time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that is that is the commitment time, to the I, show. I'm up late. <laughs> yes. Josh is up late instead of me being up early. Uh, but we like to do this show. And if you didn't get to listen last week, I was really excited. Phil and I talked about it on those movie guys. And he's like, you know, what was that like being able to listen to, to your show and you're not on it? And I said, it's actually really cool, man. It was, you know, it was the first time where I didn't know what was going to be talked about or what was going to happen. <laughs> and so I um, I really liked it. I even like you talking a little bit of shit at the end there. <laughs> like, oh, we'll just, we'll just leave Joe behind forever. But who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll stay gone forever. I just went, I went last night and watched Overlord. Um, and and the the Germans are crazy. They're making fucking monsters underneath French chapels and and all kinds of scary things. So maybe I need. To- oh, I gotta see Overlord. Is it good? I, I really liked it, man. It, it wasn't exactly what I expected, but I I liked it nonetheless, which was was kind of good. You know, sometimes you go into something with a a preconceived notion of what it's gonna be, but this one I, I thought it was gonna be one thing. It, it kind of was. Like it wasn't too huge of a departure. But overall, yes, I really liked it. I thought it was shot well. There's a lot of really good action sequences, well acted. It was just, it's a good time. This is a really good time. Yeah, crazy fucking Nazis. Crazy Nazis <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy experiments on people. Um, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, did, did it come out over there yet? Or do you guys got to wait a I little bit? I think it came out here as well. Yeah, I think oh, okay, it just good. came out. Yeah, because it just came out here yesterday. So, uh, but today we're going to be doing, um, we're going to be playing a little, uh, little trivial pursuit, little horror trivial pursuit. A, a good friend of mine, um, works at a store here in town and he got this in at the store and he sent me a picture. He's like, oh, this looks awesome. It's right up your alley. So I went and picked it up and we had done this a few episodes ago, maybe five or six episodes, ask a couple questions, but this time we both have some questions. So we're going to test our, test our horror movie knowledge. And I will say, just by reading through some of these, um, I, I don't know as much about horror as I thought I did. Because yeah, same here. <laughs> there's some questions in here, man. The, they're, they're serious. Uh, so just like for, for everyone listening, just like any other Trivial Pursuit game, there are six categories. We're just going to go down through the categories, asking each other the questions. And um, yeah, we're going to go for it and, uh, and, and see what we know. So we'll just go... Back and forth, and and I'll kick this thing off. I'll start off with the uh, the first question here, and so Josh is going to keep score for us too, so we can see how we did at the yeah. did at the end. Uh, all right, so here we go. In Fright Night, nineteen eighty five. So this is not the remake. In the original Fright Night, which character is turned into a vampire? Charlie Brewster, Judy Brewster, Evil Ed, or Detective Lennox? Uh, Evil Ed. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> I. I basically guessed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the um, yeah. he was the kid. He was his his best friend. Yeah, to the friend, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and in that famous scene from the movie, you always see the still shots of the kid with the the burned cross into his into ah, his forehead. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was Evil Ed. All right, so Josh is up one, um, and it's your turn. So whenever you are ready, yeah. throw that. Uh, so around the purple so, one. 
So go ahead. Um, to what country is protagonist Rob preparing to relocate at the start of Cloverfield from 2008? Ah, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I have no, I have no <laughs> idea. I'll just have to take a stab because I, I want to say South American, maybe. Um, I'm not going to give you any hints. No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> want any hints. Uh, let's say, um, let's say Brazil. That's wrong. It's uh, Japan. Oh, shit. Okay. I wouldn't have known that. That was the first question I ever saw of this game, and I thought, okay, this is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, some of them are a little bit easier than others. Some are a little yeah. bit easier than others. Okay. So I missed out on that one. So moving on. Um, oh, man. this, uh, this is not, I feel like you're getting all kinds of easy ones. All right. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, so this is the, the first time they, they rebooted this, who prevents Aaron's escape at the end of the film? So who stops Aaron from escaping? Uh, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. So uh, I, I should know this since this is like actually like this, I, I yeah, really this liked was, this This movie, was the first one you saw, right? The first chainsaw yeah, that you saw? Yeah, exactly. yeah. I remember This was also one that. of the first movies I ever bought. but um, And I know she, she doesn't get out at the end. Like she's captured... I'm just going to... Do Do we need a name, or is it okay if I, like... Uh, um, this one has a name, but go ahead, and we'll see what you say. Well, I I think it's the... Um, uh, the, the the older brother, like the the, uh, the the bossy one. I think he's played by Charles Lee Ernie. Arlie uh, Ernie? Arlie Ernie, yeah. Okay. Um, I, oh, I don't know. I don't think I can give you this one, because you got to be more specific. Well, yeah, shit. Um, you're right. So it was Arlie Ermey's character, but it was Sheriff Hoyt. He was the sheriff was ah, the big thing. Ah, right. And this, okay, no, I'm not going to take okay, this. I, I knew okay. That, I, I thought it was like, oh, right. He's like the sheriff. He's the good guy for most of the movie. Right. And then he turns on him yeah. and starts doing all kinds of crazy shit by the, the late Arlie Ermey, who was just phenomenal. He's the, he, for me, yeah. he's what saved those movies is I can watch him play that crazy psychotic sheriff yeah. of a character at, at any time. Uh, okay, He's really so good. all right, you're up. Next one. The film *Cannibal Holocaust* from 1980 made use of what style of filmmaking? Um, okay, I'm gonna say found footage. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I actually. It's so funny because um, "Hey Down in Front" uh, podcast. They just did an episode on shit. What did they do? Where they asked everybody what their favorite? Oh, they did Cloverfield was the movie they were talking about. They put a thing on Instagram. They said, what's everyone's favorite found footage movie? And I said, I got to go with the original. I got to go with Cannibal Holocaust. Because not a lot of people remember that in, in so many ways that is a found footage movie. And, um, you know, it inspired shit like the Blair Witch at the same time with yeah, kind of hiding. Basically the first. Yeah. First, first found footage movie. Yeah. Okay. So one to one. All right. Here we go. In the Hellraiser series, 1987 through 1992, so this doesn't include a lot of the, the newer stuff, I believe this would just be the first three, in what world war was the former human self of Pinhead a British, a British army captain? What world war? Okay, so, like, this is, this is a 50-50 chance, right? It's, right. <laughs> so, I think it was World War II. You are incorrect. It was World War One. <laughs> World War One. Wasn't he like a, a, a fighter pilot? Um, I don't know. I always, totally they, they always no. They always show those flashbacks of him on the battlefield. I don't. I don't think he was a pilot. Ah. But I could be wrong. Okay, and then I, 
And again, I, was I, just, haven't, uh, I haven't seen these movies in forever. Yeah, I was just talking about this with Phil as well. And it's just in the the if I was to rank all of my favorite slashers, Pinhead would be pretty close to the bottom. I like Pinhead, but I'm not a huge Hellraiser fan. But uh, OK, it's also, I'm not even sure I would call it a typical slasher like it's. Uh, we we got to get into this at some point, but not now. We got to get through these questions. Right. Okay. Um, uh, what is the name of the fictional preserve in which the titular settlement of the village from 2004 oh, is set? I have no idea. I'm just going to chalk I, that up as a loss because I know I have no idea. I'm not even a huge fan okay. of the village. Uh, okay. So what is it? It's the Walker Wildlife Preserve. The Walker. Walker Wildlife I, Preserve. Okay. I have never seen the village, so uh, um, I mean yeah. it's not it's not terrible. I just at the time I I felt really cheated when it came to the end of that movie. I won't tell you what is going on at the end of that movie, but yeah, it it was what it was. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, okay, here we go. What is the surname of the original family sacrificed in the eighteen hundreds in We Are Still Here from two thousand and fifteen? That was a fun movie. Is is that the Jim Jamush movie? Um, I, I still here or no? I, I'm not sure who the director was, but it was they were all in the house, and there was like the the creatures kind of on the outside of the tree line, and either I, anyway. Uh, so surname. I'm not sure I've <laughs> I, I'm not sure I've ever even heard of this movie, so I'm just gonna go with Wilkinson. Wilkinson, <laughs> you are incorrect. It is Dagmar. <laughs> Dagmar. Is I would the... have never have gotten that. <laughs> okay. Um, in Mama from 2013. Okay. For how many years are Victoria and Lily missing? <sighs> mama. Mama, 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 mama. Uh, Not Mama Mia? Mama Mia. <laughs> um, I'm going to say how many years? They, they were still pretty small. So I'm just going to go with, I have no idea. I'm going to go with uh, three years. That's wrong. It's five. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Um, oh, this one's a give me. You're going to get this one super easy. Yeah, you're going to get the next one. So uh, <laughs> Okay, all right. Fair. <laughs> what is placed over the head of the first victim to suffocate her in Black Christmas from 1974? Uh, well, it's like a... What's the word for this? A bag, like a, yeah, yeah, plastic bag. Uh, yeah, plastic yes, bag. Exactly is the answer. Which is a really yeah. scary scene in that movie, when he when he comes yeah. out of the closet, just that that voice, and he grabs onto her and then puts her up in the chair. I mean, that's on all the posters. Is her in that chair in the attic with the the bag over yeah. her head? Yeah, it's, it's on the cover. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, okay, but the next one, I think you've answered this when we played it on the film house. Uh, some time ago you answered this exact question and i know you know this okay um what is the name of the criminal who becomes chucky in the child's play series <laughs> charles lee ray yeah <laughs> yes the lakeshore strangler um uh, okay good so what are we tied now two to two yeah two two yeah okay we're, we're going strong here. <laughs> right <laughs> we've answered like this is the sixth question we've only got two right um okay uh oh you might know this one i think you'll yeah, I was right. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you'll know this. What Italian rock band worked on the musical score of Deep Red from 19... 19- Goblin. Yep. <laughs> he, they worked together so okay. much. So many of his movies, Goblin. Um, and anytime you hear like horror movies in Italian rock band, there's there, I don't yeah. know that there's very many others outside of Goblin. 
Uh, okay, exactly. so good job there. Okay. So, and I think you might get this one. Okay. Um, what medical procedure does La Femme try to perform using scissors in Inside from 2007? Oh, um, so it would be a C-section is what I would guess. Exactly. Yeah. Cesarean yeah. section. That was, a, that was a really so, fucked up scene. That was that, really messed that up. The whole movie was yeah. really fucked up. Like, I've just watched it and... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that was so... And that's what I told you. So you haven't seen the remake though, right? No. So in the remake, they don't show any of that. You don't yeah, get that. Course, yeah. Yeah. You don't get that. She like gets away with the baby and all this stuff and is like still pregnant or something. <laughs> it was it was stupid. Uh, okay. Uh, here's another yeah. give me for you. Because you've mentioned this guy, I think, even the last couple times we recorded. Uh, so we're back up to the top. What director helmed both The Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein? <laughs> now I'm plucking out. Wait, oh, I, I, I totally noticed. James Whale. <laughs> James Whale is correct. Yes, you are right. Okay. Oh, if you would have got that one, we would have just been like, sorry, last episode ever. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the next one is also about, well, this is about Nectar, and I think you might get this. Okay. Um, even though I can't think of the name right now without looking it up. Um, what actor played Thomas, the adult companion of Abby in Let Me In? Oh, no, I thought of... I thought of uh, the other actor. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten this. Oh, no, because this is the original one, right? No, no, this is the, the remake. Oh, Let me in the from 2010. Oh. That's the remake. Um, and you know the actor. Yeah, but I only saw this one the one time because I always just went back to the original. Yeah. Um, I, I got to pass. What is it? Say, say a random old guy actor. Random old guy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, was it... Oh. What's his name? Maloney? Was it um uh not Chris Maloney? Um shit. That's you're, I, you're com you're completely wrong anyway. Okay, who was it? It's uh Richard Jenkins. Oh fuck. Yes, Richard Jenkins. <laughs> I like Richard Jenkins too. Okay. Um all right, let's see if you can get this one. <laughs> In the Midnight Meat Train from 2008, what organs are moved from protagonist Leon Kaufman to ensure his allegiance? <laughs> I have heard of this movie, but I have never seen it. And I haven't so seen I'm it. Just gonna I, say, okay, go ahead. Just pick we, an organ. We, yeah, we, we need an organ that you can take out while still living, right? right. So I'm saying like uh, the kidney. Uh, incorrect. It was the tongue. <laughs> the tongue was removed. <laughs> I, I didn't even think of that when I thought of organ because, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you, I think you will get this. Who directed the Grindhouse uh, fake trailer for Werewolf Women of the SS? Rob Zombie directed yes. that one. That was a fun trailer. Exactly. <laughs> one of the best yeah. thing, one of the best things he ever did. Um, I you know I I don't know if I ever told you I I saw Grindhouse in the theater and so in between the movies they actually played all those trailers so you got to sit like in between Planet Terror and Death Proof you got to sit and watch all those that's was, awesome yeah it was a lot of fun ah man this I one, watched uh, go yeah, ahead I I watched all of it um on a sick day when I was really sick and I watched just the whole the whole thing like there, there's this one cut where it's like both movies and the trailers in between oh that's cool it's one long version and i watched that one and uh yeah it's it's really cool even at home but oh seeing that at the cinema would be awesome yeah it was it was really neat uh all right the next one i just want to even skip it this one's so easy gerald's game 2017 was released on what streaming service 
<laughs> Netflix. Correct. Netflix okay. is correct. Damn. That was seriously. But okay. Uh, this one is also pretty easy. All right. In the, clim in the climactic pool scene, the titular entity of It Follows from 2014 mm -hmm. uses what form to attack Jay? I just rewatched It Follows, but I didn't make it to the end. I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's really, your own fault. I, I know. And I really like this movie. It uh, uses what form? Shit. Why can I not remember? The, somebody's yelling at their thing right now, either at their yeah, headphones probably. or... Because I feel like this is one I should know. uses what form at the pool scene? Um, Going to give you a hint. It's a human. <laughs> okay. Uh, was it... Um, her was it the the kid that she had sex with? Was it a no? It, oh, okay, it was her father. Oh, I almost said that. Damn it. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so this is the last one I've got. This is another fucking super easy one. Uh, from where is the adult Tim released in the beginning of Oculus from 2014? Where is he getting out of? Uh. I have never seen that movie. But, oh, um, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, but Oculus, isn't it like a mirror? No, no, no. He, well, yes, the movie's about a mirror, but he's not getting released from a mirror. He's, okay, he's, I have he's, literally yeah. no idea about this movie. <laughs> okay. He's, uh, he's being released from a mental institution. Ha, that would have <laughs> been my second guess, but I already said the mirror. Yeah. The, so he, why, he was in the why was this your last question? Oh, how many do you have left? How many cards do you have left? Well, Well, I'm still on the uh, on the second card, and I'm on the third question now. Oh, I've just been every every time I skipped a color, I went to a different card because I thought we were only doing ten questions, <laughs> so I just went oh. to, a, <laughs> to oh, a different card. Oh, I thought card. we were going to do ten cards. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I thought we were okay. just doing ten questions. Um, well, you can save the cards for next time. We'll play again in a couple of weeks. And uh, okay, so you yeah, got one more. Then, so just pick uh, either off the next card or the same card wherever you're at, and. Uh, And go for it. Okay, I'm just gonna go on because I, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, then my last question is um, in The Omen from 1976, for what country is Richard Thorne the ambassador to Great Britain? Uh, from what country? Is he, is he from the United States? Yes. Yes. But <laughs> uh. we. We can't stop like this because now it's 5-5. Five, five. Uh, okay, well, I'll ask a different question off of one of these cards. Okay. Um, all right, so what do we want the bonus round to be? What color do you want to do? Um, uh, what, I, I still don't know what the colors mean, so uh, just tell me one. Okay, so let's go with, um, let's go with yellow. Uh, okay. okay. Here we go. So I got to find one that I didn't do. Um... All right. Okay, this will be... Uh, um, oh, man, that's one that we haven't seen, though. We already talked about we haven't seen it. Uh, okay. The titular day in Happy Death Day 2017 is also the birthday of what character? Uh, can, can you say that again? I, I yeah. Missed the, the beginning. The titular day in Happy Death Day from 2017 is also the birthday of what character? Well, so the, you, the main character. Yeah, but you need, need the, the name? you need the name. Even if you just give me the first name, I would take it. Even if you just give me the first name. I want to say it's Julie. 
You are incorrect. It was Teresa. Damn. Teresa Geblum. Ah, yeah. Gebleman. Gebleman. Something okay. like that. Uh, okay. okay. So this this is really like you picked the, the one where it's either a super easy or super hard question. Um I, I'm I'm just gonna go with the one that I landed on right away. Okay. Um, what actress portrayed Edwina Lionheart, daughter of Edward Lionheart in Theater of Blood? Oh. <laughs> this is probably one, right? This is, I'm, I'm going to see if I can find another one because this is too hard. But like yeah. the other was, what, the other was, what Pirates of the Caribbean actor appeared in Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> which is way too easy. Yeah, but you um, got a question about Netflix. Where did Gerald's game show up? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, then Johnny give Depp. me the answer. Johnny okay, Depp. Okay, you got it. Okay, awesome. It's six five, but I, re I, I want a rematch at some yes. point. Yes, <laughs> well, I have a rematch in a couple weeks. Uh, that's, that's fun, though. I like the, um, you know, just go through it because some of that stuff you don't ever really think about. I think some of it is some super deep cuts. Like, you would have yeah. to, you know, be super into some of these movies, but it's still fun because you learn something along the way. You know, something you might remember, uh, who knows, three, four, five, six months from now, when somebody asks you who is the title character <laughs> in Happy Death Day, you'll know. You'll now know that it's yeah. Teresa. Uh, okay, yeah, and I so. think she's even having like uh, her like she she has a, a short name, and I think they're just calling her yeah. something. I can't remember what it is, but they don't call her Theresa all the time. No, we're gonna they sequel have, like, uh, sequel to that soon, which I'm excited. I like Happy Death Day. <sighs> I thought it was fun. It was just a yeah, uh, just a good time. So now we're gonna move on to our list that we've been working through of our top 100 horror movies of all time according to IGN, and today we're gonna work through 30 through 21. Correct. Uh, exactly. And uh, just uh, one more thing, because I hate when people say they will bring something up later and they don't. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Repulsion. Yeah. I said, I'm going to watch it. I didn't get to watch it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get back to that, but I haven't gotten the chance to okay, watch it. Okay, by yet. next week. By next week, you will by watch next, it. I'm, okay. I'm going to work on it. <laughs> okay. You make that commitment. By next week, we'll have it. All right. So here we go. Yes. Uh, starting off with number 30. Lay it on us. Yeah. Uh, um, a movie that maybe not everyone calls a horror movie. Uh, I would. It's from 1990, directed by Adrian Lyne. It's called Jacob's Letter. Letter. Jacob's Letter. I, I see why people call it a horror movie. Because that is scary shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we can't say anything just in case somebody hasn't seen it. Because that's what makes this movie as powerful as it is. Is the, um, the huge reveal. But... In a lot of ways, you know, it could be considered just psychological more than anything else. You could call it a, yeah, a, a, a psychological horror movie. But I would say horror, absolutely. And yeah. in that it's just terrifying. And the stuff with his face when he's moving really fast. Ah! Yeah, that's like that's like kind of what they uh, kind of tried similar uh, things in like, well, not really, but it reminds me of the of the saw movement. Yeah, that in in the Saw movies, there's always this this camera and the face is shaking really fast, and they probably kind of got that from um, from Jacob's Ladder because it at least it's not exactly the same, but it reminds you of it, right? When I like it in um, in uh, Army of Darkness when he's doing it really fast in the in the graveyard and he's got like the big chin, or it'll be like the nose is super long and he, he's yeah. w wiggling his face around trying to get it back to normal. 
Uh, okay, but no, Jacob's Ladder is one that I, I highly recommend if you've never it's, seen Jacob's it's Ladder. It's so good. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And it's one of those, I'm not sure if it uh, if it was um, if, if it was a, an Oscar movie, but this was is one of those horror movies that I would think would get Yeah, you would put it on the you know, same because... caliber as Silence of the Lambs. It, it's same, yeah. the same feeling you get from that, and Tim Robbins is absolutely just fantastic throughout. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's a great movie, man. It is good, but it's one of those ones, like I said, we can't even really talk about it because you can't say anything about the story without discussing the ending because the ending has such an impact on... As soon as you see this movie, you'll almost want to go back and watch it again and, and say, yeah. okay, what was what was really going on this entire time? Um, super cool, though. Great movie. Yeah, and the fun fact is that all of the film's visual effects were recorded in camera without post-production assistance. Really? Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That is weird. Yeah. And, okay. And it was a major influence on the Silent Hill video games. So Yeah, I could see that. I could see why. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, what do we got next? What's up for number 29? Yeah, number 29 is uh from 1987. We talked about it this very episode directed by Clive Barker. You don't really like it as much Hellraiser. I do so, like the first so we can I do, get into it. Right. Um I do like Hellraiser. I don't want people to think that I don't like Hellraiser. Pinhead has just never been one of my favorite antagonists. I think he, ah, okay. he's fun. And, well, Phil and I talked about it because I had watched last week Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. And the the visual effects in these movies are amazing. Like, they're just amazing. The practical effects. I mean, it's stuff up until this time. Like, when those chains all just come ripping out of the box and, you know, they're pulling skin off of yeah. meat and and all this stuff. Hellraiser, though, has solidified its place in the horror world. People can see that image of Doug Bradley, you know, in the makeup, and they know who Pinhead is. At least they, they've seen it before. And this thing has spawned, I mean, how many sequels? We're like to the ninth or, or tenth sequel right now. Yeah. And, and now we're getting the first one without Doug Bradley, right? Before that, that's, the last like, one, uh, that's the last one that just came out. I think it was Judgment. Hellraiser Judgment? I want to say it was the most recent one, and that was the first one, yes, without Doug Bradley playing the title character. But it's fun. I mean, it's it's really it's an interesting premise. You know, you got these demons, the the Cenobites, and it's it's strange in the way that Cronenberg is like it. It mixes body horror with sensual elements there's almost like this sexual power about pinhead and he's super into the pleasures of the flesh and everything's about the pleasure of the flesh it it isn't basically the whole movie about bdsm it's not all uh (laughs) in a lot of ways that's like yeah yeah and i i think what's interesting about this is that clive barker wrote the the book or short story yeah and then himself directed the movie yeah like um stephen king tried that as well <laughs> didn't work out as well no maximum overdrive was not um, even though maximum overdrive to me is more fun than hellraiser i love maximum overdrive but it's it's it it was unintentionally fun you know, I yeah, don't it's, think it's a different kind yeah. of fun. Even Stephen King has said so many times he's like, I was doing a lot of cocaine when I made Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. That's just the the world I live in. But no, Hellraiser, it is a good time. It's a, I mean, it's a great movie. It's executed very well. It it's just not on my personal list, but that has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. It's just for me yeah. didn't didn't hit. I do remember as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. Like when the dude's sitting there with no skin smoking cigarettes. It's like, oh, that's weird. 
Like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is really creeping me out. So I guess it was effective. And it did its job. I I think when I when I watched it, um, what, what's kind of weird about this is that Pinhead, at least in the first movie, he's not a main character. He's like in it for one scene, maybe. Yeah. Because it's it's really about like, isn't it about like, I think his name is Frank. Frank. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Who who was murdered and then is brought back through this uh, through this cube and then the 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 wife of his brother is killing guys and he is absorbing the blood right, right yeah and she's like luring them all in with sex and then all the blood is like giving life back to and that's when he's smoking yeah. cigarettes with like you know just no skin on him just yeah. uh and then it gets weirder and weirder as you go into the movies but again yeah. they're they're fun for the practical effects if, if for that yeah, alone for sure. it's worth watching and uh, i think starting at the second one it's also for the for the just the, the character designs, because we get yeah. all these uh, Cenobites. No, is it Cenobites? Cenobites, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just wondering if if that wasn't the alien, but that's Cenomorph. It's basically yeah. the same. Xenomorph, Cenobite, same, same. <laughs> same, yeah. same. And uh, the, the film originally earned an X rating from the MPAA, by the way. That makes sense. I could see <laughs> yeah. some of that. I mean, especially at the time. You're talking, what year was it? 80? Uh, 87. 87. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It was it was violent. It's super violent. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Uh, number twenty eight is um, exactly forty years. No, thirty years after uh, Hellraiser from two thousand seventeen, directed by Jordan Peele. Get out. This one this is, is always. A- this one's hard for me because I. What bothers me more than anything is when they submitted it to the Golden Globes. They put it under the comedy <laughs> category. Um, well, it's directed by Jordan Peele. <laughs> true. I think they were just trying to get as many awards as they can. What I will say about Get Out, it is it is a departure from traditional horror, but it is one of my favorite movies of last year. Because I thought he just did something so wholly unique that I'd never seen really done before. And, the you know, the social commentary, especially here in the United States, I'm sure you even see some of it on the news over there. Like our our country right now is just it's it's fucking crazy with everything that's yeah. going on, and I had this discussion with Phil not long ago because I was talking about a movie that I felt did it very poorly, but this movie I feel like drives the viewer to ask questions and have discussions about the ideas, but the ideas aren't force fed down your throat. They're there, but there's so much to pull apart from this movie. The more times you watch it, I've seen it many many times. The more you watch it, the more there is to uncover. Um, and I just love uh, what's his name, Rel, who played the TSA agent. He was yeah. one of the. He was so funny throughout that thing. Through when he's talking to the cops, and he's like, "No, no, no, yeah, you get some information. We get a lot of information too. Don't worry about it." <laughs> and he's um, he's working at yeah. the airport. But but as a, you know, do you call it horror? Do you call it psychological thriller? Because there is no true horror elements outside the horror of human nature and how some people can be horrible internally which in a lot of ways is scarier than a slasher or an alien or a demon. You know, the fact that people really do feel this way and think this way. But Get Out, I think, does deserve to be on the list. Do I think it deserves to be this high on the list, a horror list? I don't think so. I I personally wouldn't put it this high. I would even put it just as a take any tag off of it. Take horror, take comedy, take drama, and just make it a movie that people should watch. And and that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. For me, yeah, anyway. I uh, I really like this movie as well. Like, um, 
I, I missed it in the cinema. I, I saw it was out. I heard all the hype, but I just didn't get to it. And then a year later, I think I bought it on Blu-ray and watched it and really loved it. And I'm I'm not the kind of guy to rewatch movies. I do that very carefully and only if I really have to watch it again. Because I'm I'm I love doing these lists where I like can tick it off and I've seen it now. But then right. rewatching movies doesn't help these lists. So I'm always <laughs> I'm I'm not really rewatching much. And this was one of the movies I, I came home after I was I was out somewhere, came home, and my whole family was in the living room watching that movie. That's awesome. And so I I just decided I'm just gonna sit down with them and watch it with them. And so that was like a week after I first saw it. I watched it again right away. Because I, I didn't miss uh, much and I, I didn't want to go. I just wanted to stay and look watch it again. because, And just watching it a second time, there's so much to uncover. You can watch this right. back to back and get a whole different view of the whole movie. Yeah, you start um, seeing the different... After you've seen it the first time and know where it's going. In the theater, it was really cool. The the sequences where he's in the chair and you know falls down into nothing was really awesome. Like the sound design, everything about it. Great performances across the board. It, it is a great movie that everybody should see for sure. I just, I wouldn't put it this high on this list, personally. Yeah, if you, I, if I agree, you told I me to make yeah, a horror movie list, I, it might be in the, the 80s or the 90s, if that. Only, but I would only even put it there because I feel like people should see it and it should be on lists. Yeah. But, but it's not, you know, you follow Hellraiser with Get Out. Hellraiser is <laughs> literal demons ripping flesh off of human beings and then you go to social commentary about race relations in the United States, they're, they're just two different things for me when it comes to the word horror. Yeah, it's, it's something totally different. And I think this is one, there's always this recency bias, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows what people will say in 10 years? Right now, this is all the hype. So, of course, they're putting it high up. Right, because it's very relevant. Years, it's yeah. still going to be a great movie, but it's going to be way lower. Yeah, hopefully our world will be in a much better place and the the actual social commentary won't be as relevant and we'll have moved on from a lot of these things. Yeah, and um, the the fun fact here is that filming took place over a mere 28 days, which wow. is kind of crazy. That's awesome that people can do that, make a movie that fast. And you yeah, do have the, um, the alternate ending, which is really cool. If you've never seen that, I don't know if uh, it's on your Blu-ray. Uh, but I, it's I good. Think, can you say something about it without spoiling it for anyone who doesn't? Hasn't no, seen it? Uh, we'll we'll talk about it after we're done recording. We can okay. talk about it. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil it. If somebody I'm pretty hasn't sure seen I've it. seen it, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Oh, if you've the, never seen yeah, it. right. I I know it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, people should watch it. Um, next up, number twenty-seven, another movie with social commentary, but also with ripping out guts. <laughs> okay. Um, I think at least there's at least something in that vein. Um, it's from 1996, directed by Wes Craven. It's the start, the, the restart of the slasher, of Scream. the teenage slasher, Scream. Yeah. Yes. This should be, for me, if you're making a list of most influential horror movies, this would probably be top 10. Because this... For sure, yeah. You know, when we first started doing this podcast, we did a 1989 episode. And we talked about how horror, like the slasher genre, we had... You know, Jason Takes Manhattan, um, Halloween 5, Nightmare on Elm Street. I want to say it was 5 was the same year. All the slashers had just gone to shit. Like, there's really no other way to put it. They've just ran out of ideas, and it was a, a cash grab more than anything else. All these years later, Wes Craven's going to make this little thing that was titled Scary Movie. 
And I wish he would have held on to that title because I think it was <laughs> it was so much better. But this was the first time I remember seeing such a meta look at the horror genre. Like really saying, yes, this is exactly what it is. There's a formula. We're going to take that and twist it on its head a little bit. We're kind of going to poke fun, but at the same time, remind or show you that it can be done a little bit differently and show you have these other options and that the slasher genre can still be done right. Scream is, it's phenomenal. Like, it, I mean, yeah. there's, there's not a lot wrong with that movie. I just rewatched it not long ago with my daughter. It was her first time ever seeing it. It was so funny too, because, you know, she's, she's young and, and she's like, she's trying to guess the whole time who the killers are. And <laughs> <laughs> which isn't possible with this movie. Right. Yeah. The first time everybody saw it, nobody knew who the killer She was guessing, oh, it's him. No, it's her. No, it's him. And um the 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 music's great. There's there I mean you could pick the movie apart if you wanted to, but there's no reason to. There's no reason to pick. Just accept it for what it is. And and you're right, the guts, um, well, Drew Barrymore's boyfriend. Gets his guts opened up at the uh, the, when he ties him up outside of the and Drew Barrymore as well, right? Yeah, yeah, she was hanging in the the tree. Yeah, Yeah, she was hanging in the tree. There's there's so much happening in this movie. Like, just the opening scene is kind of an homage to Psycho, where the like this movie was completely advertised with Drew Barrymore as the Mm -hmm. the actress. Yeah, and then it just killed her off right away. Yeah, the only difference, I mean, the only difference was we had Janet Lee for a good 40 minutes before she yeah. got killed off. But Drew Barrymore at the time, I mean, you're talking a huge name, huge name yeah. in the film industry. And to have her get killed. And I don't remember before this people ever talking about horror movies in a horror movie. The same way Kevin Smith did with Clerks and was able to bring pop culture, they would talk about Star Wars in a movie. We, they were talking about Jason and Freddy and all these different things. And I don't think we'd really get it again, like at that level, until Leslie Vernon, you know, once once yeah. that happened. But in that universe, they all actually existed. But that was such a cool thing, you know. Call on the phone and uh, who is the the killer in Friday the Thirteenth, which everybody knows now. But at the time, only your real horror junkies would have been like, "Yeah, it was Jason's mom. It was Mrs. Voorhees." Most people <laughs> yeah. would say, just like she did, it's Jason. So it was so cool to see that movie within a movie. And be able to have those conversations on on film, and Craven just executed beautifully, yeah. just just wonderful. At some point, we we have to talk about Wes Craven because I think that he is probably, maybe even the biggest horror director to ever exist. Because he had a major a major movie in every decade since the seventies, right? Uh, that influenced everything. So many different um, genres too. You had you yeah. know. You had the rape revenge. You had the cannibal family in the mountains. You had the nightmare. Then, he created the slasher. Then he reinvented yeah. reinvented the slasher. Yeah, he's got some good ones. Like he, like he. I think he's he's really the the most influential horror director of all time. But we got to do a whole episode about that at some point. Yes. Um, also, uh, you you said you can pick a bar- part scream, and I um. Like there's this channel I talked about it a few times before. It's Cinema Sins, where they like really nitpick every movie and they did uh, a, a video about each scream movie and at the first one they give like sometimes they remove sins they give bonus points basically for really good things <laughs> nice. and here here they, they did a lot of that also like things that i didn't even think about like spoiler alert for scream maybe skip ahead 30 seconds but uh, um the, the you know the boyfriend is the killer but what mm-hmm. they do what is so smart is that 
you you are led to believe that he's the killer and then you are told no he isn't and right. so you believe it so you never think about no he's the killer again because like that's the first guy they they suspect they even i think they even take him to jail yeah and uh and then then he gets off free and uh you you don't think about him anymore and then he he <coughs> you think he's the killer again when right after they have sex and ghostface comes into the room you know and stabs him and then later on, when he's revealed, he's like, oh, it's uh, whatever they use for pig's blood, corn syrup or whatever. Yeah. Same stuff they use for the pig's blood and carry. So, yeah, no, it's a great movie, man. Now, it did spawn yeah. some sequels that are not that great of movies. And, and, but that's because I still like com- them. <laughs> yeah, but in, in, in the same way, I like a lot of the, the Texas Chainsaw sequels. <laughs> They're good for what they are. But when you yeah. set the bar that high, it's hard to maintain that. Yeah, you, you can't know, follow it, that up. Right. But what I think is really funny is um, I've got this uh, Scream box set with the first three Scream movies. And because there's four, right? And yeah. uh, so the box set only has the first three and came out before the fourth one was released. And it says on the box that uh, a quote by Wes Craven where he said, like, uh, Scream was always intended as a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really funny because now we've got a fourth one. And, I've and got a TV that's series. extra on the shelf. Yeah. And, and a the, TV the series, series good. Yeah, to go along with that. Yeah. It's just a good mask. That ghost face mask is great. Yeah, that, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I went as ghost face last year for Halloween. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next up, a movie that is way too low. I can already say that. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, 26 is already pretty high, right? It's from 1922, directed by uh, Friedrich Wilhelm Murnau. It's Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nosferatu. Uh, a movie I've seen upwards of 50 plus times. When I first... I s- <sighs> hey, go ahead, go ahead. You can start. No, I, I just wanted to add that I've seen this like uh, three or four times. And like I said, I don't rewatch movies, but this is one I can always go back to. This is the only silent movie that I can always throw on and just watch. Because I, I don't know why. Like I've watched this first on YouTube, actually, with mm-hmm. a friend. We just sat together and watched the whole thing on YouTube. Uh, then I uh, I think I watched it somewhere else. Then I uh, also um, then I watched it with another friend on YouTube, <laughs> and now I also own the Blu-ray. And what I what I got to watch is I think there's like this edited down version where there's like Nosferatu in like twenty minutes or something. Oh wow! <laughs> they're, they're, you know, in the uh, like at some point they had these uh, I think the eight millimeter films. They can't be that long. So there were all these right. edited down versions, and they put that on the Blu-ray. <laughs> the reels were short. Yeah, exactly. Nosferatu is it, it. It did so much more than even just be a great horror movie. I mean, you know, you look at the, um, especially. I mean, for you guys, this has got to be a huge <laughs> one. Um, and what was his name? Shrek. Max Shrek. Max Shrek. Yeah, he and he's terrifying. Shre- Shrek is Shrek? German. Shrek is German for shock. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah, and the, I mean, everything that surrounded this, like the mystery of this guy. And they say he would just, you know, show up and do his own makeup and be there. And yeah. everybody, I mean, because there was that Shadow of the Vampire that, um, who was in yeah, that? We, uh, John Malkovich. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe played, played Shrek and uh, Malkovich played the director. It, you know, they talk about all this mystery surrounding the character. And we talked about when we talked to Caligari, you know, the idea of the German expressionism. And some of the shots in Nosferatu are just unbelievable. 
like uh, the the huge heavy up. shadows and and the weird angles that they were using was just this helped define cinema what cinema could be not even just horror movies this helped <laughs> yeah, define cinema. what cinema could be and it, it's unbelievably good and the story's great i mean it yeah. is they couldn't call it Dracula. I don't remember what the the deal was. Why they couldn't call it Dracula? They, they didn't have the rights. They just okay. made this movie. They yeah. they just decided, I want to I want to shoot. This was the twenties. Who who thinks about rights? Right. They 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 were. I think they were sued, and they actually like most copies were destroyed. Oh, I'm glad because, it survived. Yeah. yeah, me too. And this is a movie. It still holds up today. You can watch that, and it actually. This is not it's not just a movie you can still watch today. It's a movie if you watch it with people they still think it's scary. Right. I don't know you where you were just talking that you watched um with your daughter you watched uh, Scream. Scream. Yeah. Um, I think this is also a good movie to get kids started into horror. Because right. this it, is scary I think the only thing that would totally be hard different. for them I think the only thing that would be hard for them is the silent film aspect. Yeah. And but you know I, having to read the dialogue <laughs> Um, but but visually, I could watch this whole movie with none of the the dialogue cards. Yeah. I, I could yeah. watch it and still enjoy it just as much. You know, him creeping across the room with the the hands up and almost floating. That's that's a really uneasy visual representation of the Dracula character. And yeah, it's just I mean, it is the Dracula story. If you watch it, it is Bram Stoker's Dracula in almost every way. But it is a a phenomenal take on it. And again, Shrek is just so so creepy. Yeah, it's and the 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 guy who plays Renfield, the little uh, the, this this little guy who goes crazy and eats uh, rats. Eats the rats. Box, yeah, he is he is great in this one. Yeah, when they shoot him in the when he's in the cell and he you know he's going mad. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, really good. Okay, the, the next one I don't think I agree with. Um, being this high, I like this movie a lot, but number twenty five from two thousand twelve, directed by Drew Goddard. It's the Cabin in the Woods. Okay. It's it's a good movie. It's it's a great movie. Even like I would tell everyone, watch this. This is fun. I wouldn't put this at number twenty five of best horror movies of all time list. Oh, see, and I think I might disagree with you there. I think it deserves to be that high in the same way that Scream deserves to be that high. It's look at the what makes a horror movie a horror movie. It was almost like a film class in horror movies. One of my favorite things about this movie is when I one of the characters, I think it's one of the girls, is holding the knife. And they're like, okay, zap the knife. And she drops it. And, you know, it falls on the ground. And you start, they, they address everything that we've all been screaming at the screen for so long. Like, hey, what are we going to, why are these people always just going out to have sex? Okay, raise the heat, raise the temperature, pump the pheromones in through the flowers, get these kids nice and horny. Um, it, and I just love about this movie. I love that they put so many of these different monsters in there, and the uh, the guy with the mermaid, or the, <laughs> the merman, <laughs> the merman, merman. Yeah, he, he's crawling across the floor. So I, I uh, go don't, ahead. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I really really like this movie. I like all the things you just said. I just um, this is this is uh, for me maybe what what you uh, what you kind of said with Get Out. That for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this as much as a horror movie. I don't think this is horror enough. This is really so much uh, comedy that I would almost, like you compared it to Scream, I would almost compare it more to Scary Movie from just how much horror and how much comedy. Like this is, I, I it's a horror movie. It's a really good, I really love this movie. Right. It's it's just, it's, it's it, it plays on all the, on all the tropes. Yeah. But it's, 
to me, it's just more of a comedy. And, like, and I can see that. I can see where you're coming from, but I still disagree a little bit in that I, I just, there was everything that, all the reasons I loved horror movies were there. Everything was there. The reasons I loved it. And I felt like it was just a a nod to the fans and and saying, yes, we we understand. And I, you know what, though? What makes this a great horror movie is the ending. Because the, the ending is apocalyptic is- as fuck. Like it, it's crazy. When Doesn't you actually, go more apocalyptic. No, you see that huge demon or whatever it is come up out of the ground, and I love that the kids like whatever. I'm not gonna kill the girl. Like I, I know that's what it's gonna take, but I'm not gonna kill her. Um, but you know, to your point, it, I think it there there could be arguments on both sides of this for for, sure. day, for days and days and days. <laughs> we could go back and forth about why it does or does not deserve to be there. But I think we both agree that it's a great movie and a, a ton is. of fun. Yeah. And um, Marty's bong, Marty the stoner character, his bong, which converts to a travel mug, cost $5,000 to make. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think the next movie uh, only cost, like, no, okay, it cost $60,000, not five, but uh, this is a movie I would totally, totally say this belongs on this list, and 24 is a good spot. Released 1999. Directed by Eduardo Sanchez and Daniel Murick, The Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yes. Which is talking influential. Like, right. this movie... Yeah. <laughs> this movie changed the world. It it changed horror movies forever. Like, we're still seeing the ripples of the wave that this movie was when it crashed yeah. onto the scene, uh, on the big screen. I just watched it a couple months ago, maybe a month ago. I watch it probably every two or three months because I feel it's still... Super effective. What they did, though, from a... You know, this was... We talked about Cannibal Holocaust. The the way they hid the actors and made you believe that this could possibly have happened. And I remember the Blair Witch coming out and there being documentaries on the Discovery Channel. Yeah. And the marketing was genius. Like, genius, the marketing in this thing. And the movie just opens up with, like, this is the footage we found however many days later, yada, yada, yada. But it was so effective in its simplicity. You never saw the witch. You never saw the monsters. You just, you know, the tent would be shaking or they would walk out of the tent and there's all these dolls hanging up in the trees. It's, I, I still really enjoy it. I love the old film look. Um, and the actors, I thought, all did a great job. They felt like they were really experiencing what they were going through. Well, because they, they mostly were, right? Like, yeah. As far as I know, they, they just sent them out there, said, go camping, and if something happens, turn the camera on. Right. Like, they knew they were in a horror movie, but they didn't know what exactly was going to happen. And then they would go out at night, shake the tents, and leave. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, they didn't know what was exactly going to happen. And, yeah, th- this movie is just great. And just... Uh, a few weeks ago, like I'm listening to another podcast, The Cine Realists, and one of wh- one of their hosts actually uh, said he still remembers he saw this movie in the cinema and at the time thought it was real. Yeah. Like, because that's how they marketed it, right? And he, he still remembers going to the cinema, everything being sold out, and he was like, they were all really scared all throughout this movie just because it felt so real. Yeah, and it's still... it's. I mean, now we know... But at the time, like you said, everybody believed this was real footage that they were watching and it just worked and they made a shit ton of money on this movie. It was actually uh, uh, they paid 60,000 and they made 248 million to this day. That's crazy. Just theatrically, no DVD right. release, just theatrically. Yeah. So uh yeah, and I I got to say um 
I'm not sure how you feel about that, and that's a whole other episode. But I, I think the sequel, The Player Witch 2, is not as bad as people make it out to be. Well, we'll have to talk about it sometime because I think it's a piece of dog shit. But okay, we'll, we, 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 yeah, we'll that, talk about that's going to be day. a fun episode. Yeah, we'll have a sequels episode, and we'll talk the, about sequels. Okay. The next one, I saw this in the cinema, uh, 2016, directed by Robert Eggers, The Witch. The Witch. I liked uh, it. I'm not sure I would put it this high. <laughs> I see, and I'm of the camp that I love it. I absolutely I love, love it. it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so. The only thing where I think people struggle with this movie is the dialogue and the, actually the dialect, not even the dialogue. It's this this old world language that can sometimes be hard to follow. Yeah. But to me, it was just so atmospheric. And I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in the movie. But it was so atmospheric. And then when you get to the end, when, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Witch, um, skip ahead just a little bit, but... Once uh, Black Phillip starts talking, I was like, holy shit, like, do you want to live deliciously? I was like, this is like, this is really happening because for so long, you don't know. You don't know if it is just some crazy old lady in the woods who, who did this, which that was a whole fucked up mess in itself when she's killing that baby. Yeah. Um, so you don't know if it's that. And then once you finally get the payoff that there really is this satanic presence happening here, I just thought it was it was great. I, I think it's it- super good. It 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 is. It's like probably one of the best horror movies released that year, and um, it's yeah. It, it is. I I totally agree with everything you said. I I was lucky in this case. Usually I I bitch about this and say that's shit. I was lucky that I saw this in a German dub, because the German dub didn't go as as deep on the old language. Oh, like I've heard nice. that people in in the English talking part mostly didn't understand what was really going on because they couldn't understand what the people were talking. Right. And yeah, for me, I understood everything they said. I was, that was easier for me. Yeah. There is a language barrier for sure. (laughs) For sure. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. And so atmospheric. Yeah. But I also remember this is one of those movies um, where people were walking out of the cinema as it was going on because, they hated the movie and there's still lots of controversy of people saying like they don't get this movie and just think it's shit. I, I loved it. Uh, I, I'm still not sure I would put it on number 24, especially like <laughs> I, I just saw what number 22 is and putting this between Pilavich Project and number 22, it feels like, mm, uh, yeah, I could it say, needs I... some time. <laughs> Yeah, give it a little time to stew so to see yeah. if it's still as good as it was, you know, when it was released. Give it five, ten years, see if it's still as good. Exactly. I, I think it'll still be there because it is a period piece. You're not going to lose timeless, anything yeah. to technology or it looking dated with clothing or anything like that. I think it could still be there. And it's a good just, you know, campfire ghost story where, yeah, just, okay. All right, go ahead. What's up and, next? And, uh... Well, first of all, uh, I've got two facts. Uh, first of all, the fun fact from here is that the film was endorsed by the Satanic Temple. I did I know that. Fun. Yeah. And uh, also, if I recall correctly, the director, Robert Eggers, is now set to direct a Nosferatu remake. I think you're correct. In and that, that yeah. sounds awesome. I think if anybody I, can do atmosphere, yeah. yeah, let him do it. And this is also the perfect segue because number 22... From 1931, directed by Todd Browning. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I love Todd Browning. I wish that guy wouldn't have got burned as bad as he did after doing Freaks. 
Because Freaks was just too much for people to handle. They didn't know what to make of it. And Freaks, I mean, you go back and watch it. It's a it's a weird little movie, man. And, and it's you, so good. Oh, it's so good. One of us. One of us. So good. But Dracula. We've talked about Dracula in the past. You know, it, I mean, what more can you say outside of it's it's damn near perfect for a universal monster movie. There's there's nothing about that movie I dislike or yeah. anything I would change. I feel like they it's, just they hit all the right notes for that time. It is it is super slow, but I think that kind of helps this movie because it it just fits perfectly just having everything just flow in. And I I'm going to say I I think Frankenstein is the better movie. But I I'll always prefer Dracula. I don't know why, but I'm just always I love Lugosi's performance. I love the movie, I love the story. And so Dracula, even though I know it's not the best of the of the Universal Monsters, I th- this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and I would say, I mean, it's top three Universal Monsters for me, easily. Yeah. Easily. Probably number two after Bride. You know, I love the Wolfman. I, I like them all, but they're, they're, I think you're right in that Bela's performance is just undeniable. Like, he's so much fun to watch. And everything... Yeah. When when people even think of Dracula today, it's stuff that he created with that character. It's it's life that he breathed into the Dracula character. Yeah. You know, the the wandering around in the shadows and you and I have talked about it before when the you know, some of his dialogue, just the children of the night, what, what music, music they make. All that little the the draw of the voice and just the slow I never speed. drink. Wine, <laughs> yeah, I, it's amazing. It, he's so quotable. I, it's yeah, and the set what pieces we were gorgeous. The set pieces, those sound stages, just the design of the castle, uh, everything about it, yeah, just great. So much fun, yeah, and um, yeah, all, all the facts uh, of the, that I can find here, I knew, but uh, yeah, Spanish language for anyone who doesn't know this, you should also see the Spanish language version that was a, so, a shot. At the same time, on the same sets, just at night. Yeah, like they, they shot the whole movie in English, and at night they shot the same thing in Spanish. Yeah, they. And come some in. people say that, like, people say that the Spanish version is actually superior if it wasn't for Lugosi, because Lugosi is just a perfect Dracula, but the the Spanish version has like more camera movements, is a bit more modern, you could say. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the Spanish one a few times. But like you said, you can't replace Lugosi as Dracula. Yeah. He, I mean, he is Dracula. And uh, the last movie for today, uh, number 21, uh, released in 2002, directed by Danny Boyle. It's uh, 28 Days Later. Very nice. Is a really good movie. It is. I remember seeing it. I saw it in the theater and I was super excited that I got to see it in the theater. Because I walked out of that movie, and it was one of the, you know, at that time, I had just gotten out of high school. It was one of the first times a horror movie really made me think, after the fact. And I remember just sitting and thinking, you know, it was so unique in that, and we've had the argument about zombies. I don't really consider this a zombie movie, because it's it's an infection movie, and they are infected with a virus that makes them go crazy. But it, the only way they could combat the virus 
was to be exactly what the virus made these people. Like he turned Killian Murphy turns into this rage monster, you know, when he's running through the house, beating the shit out of people. And you, you see the only way he could fight it was to become it. And I thought that was really, really cool. I was like, man, that's, that's just a great way to look at this, a great take on it. But Danny Boyle always been a favorite of mine. I mean, he, he's phenomenal. He hasn't done a Danny lot of Danny Boyle is, I just talked about how, well, first let me talk about the movie really quick. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I really love this movie. I'd even say those are zombies. Those are the virus zombies, but that's a whole nother discussion. Right. But uh, I I really, really like this movie. And uh, the, the opening shots are amazing when he wakes up in the hospital and then walks through the empty streets of London. Right. And, and which they they would come later to copy in The Walking Dead because it was almost the yeah. same thing. Guy wakes up in a coma. And yeah, the 28 and days is how long it would take him to starve. To, yeah. If they if they didn't have anything to eat. The And the, isn't isn't Brendan Gleeson in this? Isn't he like uh, because I love him and everything. Yeah. And uh I think he's in this, right? He's the I'm pretty like, sure. Yeah. He was one of the um or he's the when did they meet up with him? They meet up with him somewhere. Yeah, it's I think in his apartment like he has his apartment yeah. with his daughter. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And yeah, but about uh, about Danny Boyle, I just wanted to say, I just talked about how um, Wes Craven was one of the most influential directors in horror, and I think Danny Boyle is like he he just jumped through every genre. Like you wouldn't think right. that the guy who and did he train spotting in every genre. <laughs> like yeah, he right. did. Twenty eight days later, and then uh, later on, what what else did he go on to do? Um, yeah, he made uh, uh, what, what's the name now? Um, Slumdog I mean, Millionaire. I, right. I always uh, just think of it comparing it to Train Spotting, which are, are so wildly different movies. Yeah. They're just in- insanely different. But yeah, the dude is good. He knows how to make a movie. I'm never mad when I see his name pop up on anything. I was trying yeah. to look real quick to see. Um, I think Brendan Gleeson wasn't in the movie because I can't find him on the cast list. Um, but I-, I was sure he was in this. Yeah, he did the beat. Oh, the- yeah, he is. He is. He's playing Frank. Yeah, but the beach, um, 127 hours. I mean, you're right. He's done so many different, and and to think he's only done 30 total projects, which I mean is is a good number for a director. But yeah, he's done so many weird, different things. Yeah, like like everything he he does feels really unique and like something something special. Right. It's like he just wants to do what he wants to do, and that's it. Yeah. Like, exactly. he chooses projects that he's passionate about. Um, and I like the sequel, too. 28 Weeks Later was fine. I, I didn't like the sequel. This, I think we should do a, a movie maybe next that th- one of us likes and the other doesn't. Right. Maybe next week we'll have to do sequels. And see yeah. What or, or the, yeah. All righty. Yeah, I, I was really not uh, into that one. So we've got 21 and left. 21 total. Yeah. Awesome. And I think, like, this time we, we took, like... the at the first few times we took only like around half an hour 30 minutes now we took like 40 minutes to get through them and i think like the first maybe we got to do an episode for for each 10 because right. i think we will now get into the movies that there Deeper is discussions to, yeah to talk a yeah. bit more about because there's so many we haven't got to yet the big ones you know yeah. <laughs> that you think about with horror but I, I I still gotta say once again, I don't think twenty is enough for the ones no. that are missing for me. <laughs> no, I can already think of I mean so many more that need to be on this list. So I'm hoping some of those will show up. 
Oh, so many more. Even just thinking about it right now, there's so many that I'm thinking, man, you could put this, you could put that. Uh, all right, but until we get into that, if you want to get into contact with us on all the social medias, IHOH Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, shoot us a message, Podcast at gmail.com. You can go there as well. And as always, if you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rate and review. Those are super helpful to help us gain a little more exposure in the world. And it's free. It'll only take you a second. You know, if you're like, man, I, I enjoyed that. Listen to those guys play trivia with each other. That was funny. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. And did you have anything else? Uh, yeah. Uh, I asked last week for people to uh, let me know if we should just get rid of Joe constantly. <laughs> I didn't get any answers yet. So still, if you want to get rid of Joe, please let me know. I'll find uh, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no news is good news. Yeah, listen to that Lovecraft episode. That was fun. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Uh, so, so for the International House of Horrors podcast, I am Joe Burrell. And I'm Josh. And we'll be back next week with all things terrible, horrible, gory, bloody, brutal, and the